Yeah, so when you're designing tires, you have to design it so it survives driving on bedrock, right? And and not just bedrock, but like like picture picture a razor blade cemented into concrete. Yeah. And that's what we're driving upon. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Today, I have somebody from JPL that uh, we ran into while doing our tour with Jimmy O. Yang. We went to the Mars Yard at JPL, um, uh, me and Mitch and Jimmy. And uh, they the Mars Yard is like this thing where they they test out those ro- the robots that go on Mars. And that's why they call it the Mars Yard, because it's it, like it's a simulation of, of Mars, which unbelievably is a lot like simulating Southern California because it's kind of a dry place. Anyway, so the guest we ran into, he was testing out some wheels and driving the rover around. It was really interesting. And uh, um, previous guest we had, uh, Christian Stone said, hey, you should have this guy on because he's also awesome. And uh, so welcome to the show. His name is uh, Richard Reber uh, from JPL and your mobility systems engineer, which sounds yep. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm working on Mars 2020, which mm-hmm. is the next rover we're sending to Mars mm-hmm. um, in 2020, hence the name. Um, and so my responsibility is anything that affects how the rover drives. So from the tires to the software running in the rover to, you know, machine vision. And then what's really cool is the operator's interface, which we're still working on. But, you know, I, I, I hate <clears throat> to say this, but um, I've run into Uber drivers who also call themselves mobility system engineers. Um, at least I said, are you worried about that? Like them cutting into your CV space? Well, you're employed, so you don't have yeah, to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm salaried. I'm not, I'm not too much too worried about them stealing my job. But the whole, uh, one, of my, one of my goals for 2020 is to make the rover uh, so easy to drive that, yeah, the Uber, Uber drivers can, can get behind the wheel. Uh, although Uber drivers are... That that is not an easy job. <laughs> Have you seen the way they do Uber a lot? Have you seen the I, way they drive? I have, and some of them are very, let's say, talented. Yeah. <laughs> My worst fear when I get an Uber is someone holds up is holding their phone, and it's just like, oh god, we've got a first tripper right there. You know, it's like you only do that for like the first three ones, and then I think you get kicked out of Uber. If or you, you duct buy. tape it to the to the air conditioning vent, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, maybe I should start handing cards out to say, hey, I'm a mobility systems engineer. Um, have you considered a phone holder? On the thing? <laughs> All right. So uh, when we were in the Mars yard, uh, you were talking about the tires. And uh, we it came up that um, I guess the rover that's on Mars right now, the, the nuclear powered laser shooting one, Curiosity. Yep. Um, it looked like it was having some kind of problems with the wheels. Can you tell us about that and why that's like still an issue? Well, the wheels are falling apart. That's that's the issue. There's <laughs> chock full of holes. You can um, but falling apart in a way you guys didn't expect. I exactly. Hope. Okay. Yeah. So because fail- my wheels fall apart. I, I have a, <laughs> yeah. You need new tires. Every I have a so GTI, often. so it like really burns the rubber <laughs> off the front. Um, <laughs> no. So so the mechanical engineers who designed the tires for Curiosity, they um, um, let's say did not appreciate the intermobility forces. Mm-hmm. So they designed the wheel to to survive Mars standalone, like one wheel, assuming no other forces are acting upon it. So the the skin thickness is sized such that the, the wheel skin can hold up the entire rover weight. So mm-hmm. one rover weight on one wheel, and it'll it'll survive that. The idea being, like, if it ever leans over where, you know, it's... You pick one rover weight because you wanted it to like be yeah, wedged you've got, off if it ever got yeah if it ever one. goes up onto one wheel out of all six being on the on the surface it'll survive that you know so they just they picked a you know a design point that's you know justifiable and achievable and easy to test right mm-hmm. but the problem yeah. the problem is is the <clears throat> how do I describe this. Um, when, when you're driving, you don't have one wheel, you have six. And so the forces of the other five wheels acting on the sixth is actually really big. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that it, it's, it's almost like it went backwards. It was like over-designed to be one and assuming like that's the worst case, but the reality is all six wheels together made it 
that one worse. <laughs> right, right. So, so yeah. picture that. Uh, just, uh, just to clarify, because I know a lot of people don't know what we're talking about when we talk about tires. These are not like Goodyear rubber tires. I, I mean, I, I saw these things being made in JPL. In fact, there's even a on the tour we got to pick one up. I mean, these are like made out of aluminum, right? Or yeah, aircraft so, aluminum. So it's aluminum, kind. and they're they're anodized. So they're black. So they're mm. there's some sick rims. I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say. But yeah, they're aluminum. Um, yeah, so aluminum alloy. Probably yep. that alloy is not normal alloy. No, actually, it's like it's, it's either like, seventy seventy five or seventy fifty, which is actually a really common alloy. Mm-hmm. It's not it's like, like aircraft with lithium or something. No, it's not even aluminum lithium. It's just standard standard grade stuff. Luckily, a lot of people like it when we go to that detail. So yeah, most people are like, I don't care what a Malloy is. Yeah, I, for, I forgot what the. Hold on, let me let me check my cheat sheet, cheat sheet to see if I if oh, I wrote that's it right. down. No pressure. Um, but it wasn't just that they're made out of aluminum. They're also made out of a single block of aluminum. I thought that was so cool. Right? It's not a whole block. Oh, so not? what it is is uh, we forge. <laughs> that was Alexa. Was that serious? That was no. That was Alexa <laughs> chiming in. She does that. I'm actually thinking we might start feeding her directly in because sometimes be we, for fun, we just ask her a question. She normally does not get it, but she's over there now. So I, I think I want to just start like, like plugging Having her audio in. Feed of yeah, Alexa. she's just gonna chime in every now and then. <laughs> now I lost track. Oh no, the Mandrel Forge ring. So what we do is we start with um, a, a forging. So like literally anvil and hammers, but you know by machine. That's awesome. Um, and and you make a ring. So you I love that's big... like straight up Game of Thrones imagery. There, just like I am the aluminum exactly. smith. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we have some dude with a giant hammer who just hits on the the side of this ring. No, but seriously, it's it's uh, like a big machine that does a forging, and so it forges a ring of aluminum. It doesn't forge like a block, so it makes a, a big cylinder. And so from that cylinder, we then machine out the tire. So we're not taking a whole big block of aluminum and cutting out just a little disc, um, which is actually like super crazy. I had no idea how intense this process was until I started talking to the mechanical engineers about this. So, um, so you guys took an interesting route, not, I mean, not just with the design that ended up not working, but I mean, you did something different than the lunar lander did. Uh, do you remember? Do you know who wrote, designed the the tires for the lunar rover? Wasn't oh, by the way, just to remind everybody, there were three lunar rovers on the moon. Elon Musk was not. Just we we mentioned this lap, last episode, but Elon Musk was not <laughs> the first person to put a car in space. In fact, I would call what you guys have a car. I mean, yeah. it's the size of an SUV. It's huge and weighs tons or something. No, I, ton singular. Yeah, yeah, ton. I mean. It's a big car. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, but on the moon, they had tires, and it was probably really similar. Um, and they... they uh, Wasn't it Goodyear who it made Goodyear, the tires? It was Goodyear, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so fun fact. Um, they, like, outsourced it. <laughs> they why, did. But why didn't you go with that kind of I'm design? I'm actually not sure why we chose rigid tires over the compliant tires that the, the Lunar Rovers had. Because those, those mesh tires, they're they're freaking badass. I know. I'm I'm looking at some pictures of these here and yeah, they never deflate. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is good because you don't want to put like air anything or rubber anything in a vacuum right. and stuff. It's not so, going to go well. So so fun story, uh could it be they're not precise? Is that the problem? Like cuz you guys you have to have a software constantly, you know, metering where the the rover goes whereas the, you know, the 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 astronauts on the moon i mean they're just i'm driving you know like yeah. they could <laughs> no so so that is a that would be a growth pain if we went to the the compliant tires so my terra mechanics engineer um this guy literally has a degree in like off-road traction like That's a phd awesome. yeah this dude is he's <laughs> his name's scott moreland he's like uh, probably the most badass guy i know oh uh, i gotta tell i have a friend who's a mechanical engineer really into off-roading and yeah. he's also an engineer i gotta he got he got a PhD too, but it was like in uh, underwater vehicles or something. <laughs> but I gotta tell him about the off road. Yeah, one. yeah. So 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 Scott's PhD is in like terra mechanics, and he he's like, you we shouldn't be using rigid tires. Like, and he basically just handed a model of this the, this tire being made at um oh my god, it's the NASA Center in Ohio. Yeah, uh, just we, but when we Glenn. can't figure it out, we just uh, we say uh, text us what it is, Alexa, keep. Stop. Stop. Right. <laughs> yeah, but but I think it's Glenn Research Center. Okay. And they, they have this. In Ohio, you said, right? I think it's Ohio. Okay. I forgot. We, get, we got a lot of listeners in Ohio. I know. They can, they they're can gonna text be, they're us. They're going to be mad about me. Hashtag um, SYJ. No. Not, come on. 
But um, but Glenn, they've made this compliant tire, and it's made out of a nickel titanium super alloy, which has like got this crazy spring constant. And then they like did some black coating on it. It looks like black chainmail. It's so goth. It's amazing. Whenever we have a nice word like that, um, I always want to turn it into a thing. I'm thinking of selling T-shirts with them actually. But I love crazy spring constant. I really like that. <laughs> that might be the name of this episode. Actually, I'm gonna write that down. Mm. I love that. That's something that only engineers and scientists are like. Oh wow, crazy spring constant. Yeah, man. yeah. A K value you wouldn't believe. Um, awesome. No, but but what's cool is we took that. T- Glenn brought that tire out to our test track, and we ran it on our test track and. It so when I say like this t- this tire is like super goth, it's made out of black spring chainmail. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and Glenn actually found a fireplace screen manufacturer to make this, and they can just make sheets of this this <laughs> material. That's awesome. And when it drives, we tested it on our test track, and it's going around this. Basically, it's concrete tiles where we cement rocks the size of like, you know, like a like a dog, right? So you've got this rock that's maybe a foot wide that's cemented into a concrete tile, you know, and we're driving around in this circle. And um, Don't mind me. <laughs> as it's driving, it's like kicking up sparks and everything. So it's literally sparking while it drives. Uh-huh. That's awesome. It, it, like, it, like, it like belongs in a Metallica music video is, <laughs> is where it needs to go. <laughs> that's so cool. I got to see pictures of this. Yeah, uh. actually, we were number one on Reddit for a minute. Because for, it was so... for that video, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. But that's unfortunately we're not taking that on the new rover. That was kind of a res- a, a research project. Um, but I can guarantee you, we probably will not have rigid aluminum tires on any other rover rover we send to Mars. But but it will be on the twenty twenty though, right? No, those no. compliant tires. No, we're taking the the standard aluminum tires. Uh, we've upgraded them from Curiosities, mm-hmm. so they're. Um, yeah, we, I think you guys were testing them while we were there. Well, um, no, we actually had the Curiosity tires on the rover when you were when when we were when you were there. Okay. Um. So, as and a they were beat up, folks. They yeah. were, I mean, they like they're literally falling apart. They're it's, literally falling I mean, apart. The rest of the rover is in is pristine shape as far as I could tell from the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at it, it looks like oh yeah, it's covered in dirt and and functional. Yeah, but there are some parts that are wearing out on Curiosity. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, caveat: I am not working on Curiosity. I've never worked on that rover. All oh, the information can, I get, we is can like talk from shit the about rumor the mill. Tires more yeah, than. yeah. No, no, no. We can't talk too much crap about right. about Curiosity because um, because you work for JPL. Well, oh. we're working on the next generation of it, and so the thing is, is like we wouldn't be here without Curiosity. That it's a crazy technology development. Okay, for like you, the entry descent landing system and all that. You're so. definitely not sounding like a SpaceX fan. I love SpaceX and everything, but their fans are, you know, they're like, NASA sucks and SLS is the worst thing ever. You're being very gracious to the giant's shoulders that you're standing on. Yeah. yeah I would yeah. like everybody. This is just my hope. Everybody, please extend that to NASA. It's very cool. The Falcon Heavy was amazing. Shooting a car in the space. But let's have a little perspective and realize my... You know, my grandfather's generation did that already, so it's like I don't. Sorry, yeah. little side note. Yeah, like SpaceX wouldn't be here without the the fifty years of NASA rocket technology. Yeah, and a lot of the people who came in, oh were yeah, from you know they were people fired from the Constellation project. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess they started up at the right time. Yeah, but back to the tires. So actually, I brought some scale models of the tires that we that I that we three uh, D printed. I'll set those out here for you. No, no, hold them is fine. I'm taking some pictures. <laughs> yeah. So, so in my right hand, I got the Curiosity's tire, and in the left hand, we got the 2020 tire. So the the ba- the major differences is our tire is narrower, so uh-huh. more like a road bike and less like a mountain bike, but is also bigger in diameter. And so my uh, the, the fact that it, like it fits a little bit into yeah a little bit. Yeah. Um, right. And our grousers. So the grouser is the tread on the outside. That's called a grouser. So we have twice as many grousers. Uh-huh, which and, is that cool wave pattern. Yeah, so there. with a little yeah. mild sine wave to it. Um, and actually, what's what's interesting, if you look on the inside, the inner diameter, the flexor interface flange on Curiosity. <laughs> yeah, that's where... With a crazy spring yeah. constant, no doubt. <laughs> well, they're made out of titanium, the flexors. Anyway, but the inside of the tire is... Um, so, is uh, 
picture your bike spokes. So they're made out of titanium and they're, they're designed to be springs and those bolt onto the inside of the tire. And on curiosity, it's like one third of the wheel skin is on one side and two thirds of the wheel skin is on, is on the other side. So that flexure interface flange is like, you know, one third from the edge. So it's not in the middle. So the new ones are going to be in the middle. Yeah. You can see that, that ring on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is it, it it makes the strength of the tire symmetrical across the left side and the right Mm -hmm. side or the inboard side and the outboard side. Um, Uh, It's so weird. Like this is one of these occasions where like where it seems like intuition would immediately tell you to do in the middle, but I'm sure you guys had a really good reason to not do it. I, in the I'm sure there was a really good reason. <laughs> and then it, it, it's, I've, I've been on projects like this. Sometimes you're so into the, the complexity of trying to solve it the other way that, you know, you sometimes skip over the more intuitive one just because you, you thought about it. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so it's like, Oh yeah, that's why this do that. So one of the design constraints that they wanted to get was they wanted the widest wheelbase possible for to stability prevent landing tip over. Uh, okay. Right. So, so by, by having as much width to the Rover as you can, mm-hmm. you, you protect yourself from basically just, you know, going ass over elbow on landing Mm -hmm. so that was one of the scariest things that they were trying to protect against but now you have some data from that and maybe you have a little bit better software Mm -hmm. or whatever more information so you're you're more confident that it's not going to tip over sure (laughs) (laughs) it's worth the risk i'm I'm pretty i'm pretty sure we're not going to tip over i give you i give you like five sigma well (laughs) (laughs) it's like one in a million we've we've talked about that on the show yeah it's like a royal flush one in a million yeah one in a million, we're not yeah. going to tip over. <laughs> or one in a million, we are going to tip you over. You are going to tip That's a... To go back to SpaceX, Elon Musk was like, it's 50-50 that it's going to blow up on yeah, the launch yeah. pad. And then, like, and then as soon as it launches, everyone's like, see, this is awesome. NASA can't do that. Like, whoa, whoa, guys. Like, literally half an hour ago, he said it was going to blow up. 50 50. Yeah. You don't go from coin flip to, all right, everybody get on the ship. We're going to Mars. Yeah, can you imagine? Would you hop on a rocket that's got 50 50 odds of succeeding? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> and, and after the launch, I don't know. What is it? It's like, it's it's a solid 75 25. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, like, you're not building statistics by a single launch. Yeah. Um, but some of the other cool stuff we're getting on the on the rover is so how do I describe this? Um, when we're landing, we're actually doing one minor upgrade to the so the landing system, the cruise system and the landing system for 2020 are as much identical to curiosity as possible. You know, we're we're kind of reusing the hardware to save costs. Actually, that's the thing like Adam Stoltzer worked yeah, on. Yeah, the sky yeah. crane, the rocket powered flying crane. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And we got to see it in on the tour. In the clean room, that yeah. Was really it's awesome. Almost uh, we're almost ready to start bolting electronics into it. We actually start at low assembly test and launch operations officially in like two and a half weeks. That's awesome. So we actually start integra- systems integration. Very exciting. <laughs> um <clears throat> But so one minor upgrade to the landing system we're making is we're adding something called terrain relative navigation, where we have a downlooking camera that takes pictures that feeds it straight into this like third flight computer that has a this FPGA, a field programmable gate array, which is basically picture a really not, fast circuit chip. Not right? to be confused with field programmable Gatorade, which is it delivers <laughs> delivers electrolytes that you need at that moment. To the football field. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, we don't That's have patented, we don't have by the way. I'm patenting that. that call yeah. trademark. TM. Yeah. <laughs> no, so so what what that does is it takes images of the surface of Mars as we're landing, compares that to a map we seed into the into the computer, and it says it, it doesn't it doesn't decrease the size of our landing error ellipse, but what it does is it allows us to know where we are within that error ellipse to be like, you know, hey, there's a big crazy like crater that we shouldn't land in coming up. You know, why don't you deke to the left and so you're basically get it. you're you're building a Neil Armstrong. Yeah, because that's exactly what Neil Armstrong did. There that's, was a, yeah, there's a very rudimentary landing computer. I've never heard it described like that, but yeah, we it had are, some kind we of are ra- making a the, Neil Armstrong. Yeah, they had a they had a computer running, and the computer the, the whole job was 
they're going to land on what the computer based on what the computer did and in the last minute he saw that they were headed towards a crater and he knew the computer wasn't going to pick it up and so he just manually exactly. hopped over it and used a little bit more fuel so the computer would have thought it was more dangerous but you know he saved them yep and as we know later from when robots tried to land on mars i mean you guys know this like it was really hard at first <laughs> you've gotten good at it but yeah it's really hard uh, maybe youngsters don't remember but like they kept <laughs> disappearing or you know they would they would land and nothing would happen oh yeah beagle beagle yeah yeah. but um so what's cool is once we're on the so that allows us to land in an area of higher hazards right so Mm -hmm. we can go land like next to a fossilized river delta which is one of our landing sites oh right that was Um, one of the problems right you know the original landing sites you guys had they were safe but boring yeah, Kansas. it's like it's like we're gonna land in Kansas. No, dudes, I don't want to land in Kansas. I want to land like right next to the Rockies. I like how you just like and, Ohio. Sorry, Kansas, you're out too. Well, I spent a summer living in Wichita, so I oh, feel okay. like I can I can throw some throw some stones here. Um, but once we're on the surface, that computer has basically served its purpose, and we're done. So what we're going to do is we're going to reprogram that flight computer to do uh, image processing. So oh, it has awesome. this crazy fast FPGA. That's why it has the FPGA in it. Yeah. Okay. And so now what we can do is we can do all of our image processing for mobility uh, to run mobility much faster. Mm-hmm. So one of my requirements um, is the rover has to be able to drive 12 kilometers and 85 sols. Uh, sols Mars Day. Mm-hmm. And, but those are almost a Earth day. Right? Yeah, 24 hours and 38 minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, a little bit longer than a than an Earth day, just just enough longer to throw you for a loop if you're if you're living on Mars time. Yeah, that. And you guys end up well. I don't know. You're you're on the engineering side, but I get, the people watching it have to go on these these rotating shifts because yeah. of it, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, for the first ninety sols, we'll be operating on Mars time, which is like you know today you start at nine o'clock, tomorrow you start at nine forty, and like three weeks from now you're starting at like you know eleven p.m. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be annoying. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, hopefully you guys, I can talk you into naming it the Neil Armstrong computer. Probably not, sure. but I'll just, yeah, I'll, you can try. I'll throw that. <laughs> yeah. I I'll think bring that up awesome. with the team, the yeah. Neil Armstrong computer. I like it. Um, I mean, it's a good, it'd be a nice way to honor him. And yeah. it literally is doing the same thing. So, yeah. and you know, but, but once we, once we reprogram that computer and we turn it into the image processor for mobility, we can drive crazy fast by crazy fast i mean 4.2 centimeters per second which if <laughs> which i like if two I, inches yeah, for, no if i metrically conver- impaired if I, con- <laughs> if I convert that into let's say you behind the wheel speed it's just shy of 0.01 miles per hour okay but that's actually the same so the speed of your average prius driver on the fast no. lane <laughs> no 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 they're even going faster like you can't even walk this slow uh, um, oh this was a great this was a great story when we were there i think you were there for this i don't remember if you probably it, but uh there was this great story about security wanting everyone out of the mars oh, yard yeah, safety yeah <laughs> Sa- safety yeah, yeah but, when we when we did like our safety briefing of like hey we're gonna be in the mars yard and we're gonna be driving this rover the safety team is like no one can be in the mars yard when the rover is driving and we're like seriously <laughs> have you guys see this th- see this thing drive and they're like no we haven't I'm like come down to the mars yard we're gonna turn it on for <laughs> you and you're gonna tell me whether or not you think that's unsafe and they're like okay sweet so they come on down and we're like started to drive and they're like all right guys when are you gonna start driving we're like yeah it's going <laughs> they're like really it's like is that like top speed and we're like yeah yeah we guess jimmy and i got some we were posing for pictures and it started moving and it was, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's great because at first when it starts moving you're like oh my god this thing's huge it's gonna run and then like yeah nothing happens yeah so what i do <laughs> you'd is... have to be in a coma to be run over by this yeah, like so literally then... if you were napping you would still it would sort of irritate you as it started to roll over and you'd get up and walk away it's like that slow yeah <laughs> if you get hit by the rover you deserve it <laughs> and that was basically the conclusion of our safety team they're like yeah okay you can be here when you're operating right. or you're tied down and it's like a james bond villain death oh fun fact yeah. uh fun story here my my engineers were testing their autonav software which is the rover can drive by itself and so what they did is they basically set what's called a keep out zone which is like hey rover here's an area don't drive in it mm-hmm. you know navigate around this 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 area mm-hmm. so they said like like the Roomba and dog poop same exactly thing. Yeah. yeah 
And dog poop? Oh, yeah. It's a big problem. Oh, man. <laughs> the biggest problem Roombas have is the dog poop problem. Oh, my dogs don't poop inside. So I know, I, I don't but when it. they do, the Roomba has created... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of the worst things about... This is the artificial intelligence problem they're trying to solve in the Roomba is the notorious yeah. dog poop problem. So what, what so, my, yeah, so what my, my AutoNav engineers did was they, they, designed, they put this keep-out zone right in the middle of the Mars yard, and they said, all right, Rover, you got to drive around this keep-out zone. And then they sat down right in the middle of it, uh-huh. and the Rover is driving right towards them, and they're sitting, they're like... Is it going to go around us? Is it going to go around us? And then the rover is like 75 centimeters away, like two feet away. And they're like, crap, it's going to run us right over. (laughs) And so they're like, everyone, run. (laughs) And so they had to bail out of the Mars yard because we didn't know we'd put this new like GPS based system on our test rover and it knew where north was. And so it had aligned all the coordinates with north. It didn't align all the, the coordinates with, like, where the rover was pointing. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having a keyboard zone right in head, ahead of the rover, it was, like, you know, in the middle of the road, like, north of the Mars yard. And so, like, oops. So that was a learning, uh, that was a learning exercise. That's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> but what's, what's slick about our new AutoNav code is it's more aggressive. So it allows the rover to drive in, like, really dense rock fields. Uh-huh. Um, and do so incredibly fast. So the top speed of 2020 compared to Curiosity is the same, but when when uh, <laughs> but when 2020 drives with AutoNav, it it spends so little time doing processing that it ends up just always being at that that at that top speed. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to drive much more efficiently and and more meters in a saw than than Curiosity. I think it's hilarious that um, this is the first actual like, you know, the, the DeLorean aside. This is the first that I know of plutonium powered car, and it's also the slowest car. <laughs> I mean, like it it doesn't even come close to eighty eight miles an hour or traveling through time. But I mean, isn't that funny? It's like, all right, we need something with a little bit more kick. Yeah. But we're gonna go very slowly. <laughs> no, so so to put it into perspective, our rover um <clears throat> when Curiosity turns on Autonav and visual odometry and all the bells and whistles for, you know, autonomous driving, it does somewhere about fifteen meters per hour. What is that miles <laughs> I don't know. We'll have uh, to do the we'll have hmm. to do the math. Someone will tweet it to you, I'm sure. Alexa, how much is uh, 15 meters per hour in miles per hour? Sorry, I'm not sure. Of course you're not. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so Curiosity will do about 15 meters an hour on average, and we are going to average somewhere between 75 and 100 meters per hour. That's so awesome. five to six times faster. Mm-hmm. And so what that allows us to do is... Is get we need... kicked out of the Mars yard. Yeah. Because it's going to be too dangerous now. So, Well, no. The top speed is still the same. We oh. just spend less time thinking about it. Ah, we okay. do all the awesome. thinking while the wheels are turning, so we don't actually stop to think. Mm-hmm. Um, we can walk and think at the same time. <laughs> before... By the way, you're not giving me a lot of confidence in these autonomous vehicles that you're like, oh, yeah, the computer can do it as long as you go very slowly. <laughs> well, okay. Think about it. One, we only operate on 110 watts of power. Like, that's when we land. We have 110 watts. Which is also really sad. It's plutonium, but it's still only 100 But it's not like like a fission reactor. It's literally we capture the heat of decay and we turn that into electricity. Yeah, because it's plutonium-238. Yeah. Not not plutonium-239, which is what Doc Brown uses in Back to the Future. Right. So we're just capturing the heat of radioactive decay and converting that into electricity. That should be like a a, um, movie trivia question. (laughs) <laughs> like which isotope of plutonium powers the flux capacitor that would be a good be, trivia question yeah it'd have to be plutonium 239 because he took it from libyan terrorist uh nuclear bomb that sounds about right and you can't build a bomb with 238 which is not enough watts this is this is your your area of expertise yeah. <laughs> not mine <laughs> but the other the other thing that people don't realize is our computer has the same processing power as Roughly a Pentium one. Oh, wow! So we're doing stereo- that's just to make it space hardened, right? Or make, well, make it, yeah, or- to make it rad hardened, mm-hmm. radiation hardened. There's not a huge marketplace for rad hardened processors, so mm-hmm. there hasn't been an upgrade in a long time. Oh, that's too bad. <clears throat> I know. I really want like, like I really want to get like a, you know, 
I'd take an iPhone in the in the right. rover over anything else. Like, it might have to. I mean, one problem is uh, I'm not positive, but I know we work with rad hardened um, cameras, radiation hardened cameras in, at Los Alamos, and a lot of times the the main thing that does is you just make it big. So it might be that it's not possible to get better with a faster one because the process got smaller. So the the area that can be messed up is getting smaller and smaller. I'm not sure about that, but I, I you know so. When I say the process, I mean, like, uh, you know, like uh, the Pentium 1, I think, was like 90 microns or something like that. Now they're like 10 microns across. I mean, they get, you know, the transistors, yeah, transistors are getting, getting smaller, smaller and smaller. And I know that th- this is just, this is a problem with cameras. Is like the, the main way we get a camera to last longer is you basically need like a really big old one that had, you know, huge chunks yeah, huge of focal silicon plane array. Yeah, yeah yeah and the and these little ones nowadays i mean they work great but they're they're so tiny and sensitive that they can actually um you know get damaged by the way this is a really fun app on your phone that you can get your phone can actually be a radiation monitor and there's a, and it does it using the the camera because a lot of people don't realize it but but a camera the little pixels on it are not too dissimilar from how we make uh real particle detectors and cool. so now it's very tiny, so it does, you know, radiation usually needs a lot of material to go through to make a strong signal. So detectors tend to be like, you know, uh, like apple sized and bigger. But if you're patient and you let it slowly read slowly radiation. Slowly integrate, yeah. Yeah, and basically all, all they do is you uh, you calibrate it by flipping it over and covering up the camera because it can't be any any other light will dwarf it out but you'll get little speckles here and there and that's radiation then you can take like a source and actually put it next to it and it can do some geiger counting i remember in grade school going around with a geiger counter in my in my school and finding out that the bricks are the school was made of are radioactive Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's true Uh, stuff that comes out of the ground tends to be radioactive like uh, a lot of people don't realize coal is very radioactive yeah you you mentioned that on one of the first episodes is coal (laughs) coal produces more radiation than nuclear power plants yeah and a lot of people don't realize it i mean it's really funny is these ash pits uh, from coal are really hot because basically you burn away everything that's light and all the heavy stuff stays over and it's just yeah all the plutonium uranium. 238 there's no plutonium <laughs> <laughs> plutonium is totally artificial so oh, um so it doesn't occur in nature only uranium. so it's not organic <laughs> is, it, is it like a gm gmo power source <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um yeah that'd be hilarious like i only use uranium because oh, he's, yeah, organic <laughs> it's uranium. natural <laughs> naturally yeah no you can you can make plutonium out of uranium which is that sort of stage two nuclear power is that so um so i showed it uh we there was like a laughter break in the middle (laughs) (laughs) that didn't make any sense at one point that's because i um i showed uh, i showed richard this uh picture of one of these infamous roomba dog poop collisions because people post this (laughs) so so uh, as working on a working on a robot i have a the token robotic vacuum cleaner but roombas are crazy expensive so yeah. we bought. Well, uh, they were supposed to be cheap at first. Yeah, I actually then, worked for a vacuum robot company. Oh, really? At the time, and we, everyone was like, "Oh, oh no!" You know, we got to make it like the room. Everyone was convinced you had to make a cheap robot vacuum because it would be bad. And there were people who were doing it back then, but they all were expensive. And we're like, "Oh, they're doing it wrong." And what's funny is that the price of Roombas has just finally gotten back to what everybody else was trying back then. No, but my, my wife got me a, the basic, she got me a robotic vacuum cleaner. I think it was for my birthday or like for Christmas. And, but Roombas are expensive. So we got like the Chinese knockoff, uh-huh. which is a, uh, I think it, the brand name is like Yufi, but they use a really weird font for the E. So it looks like a Q. So I call it Queefy. But, um, <laughs> Anyway, so now my daughter, who's one, she will find the docking station for the vacuum cleaner, smash the button on the top of it, and, like, latch onto the the vacuum cleaner and, like, rides it around. Yeah, oh, really? my, my daughter what? hops on the she vacuum gets, cleaner and I've rides it around. I've seen cats do that. No, I've no, no, no this is my baby, awesome. yeah. <laughs> and um, I was wondering why she was, like, delayed crawling, and I realized that the vacuum cleaner <laughs> carries, <laughs> carries her around, so she didn't need to crawl. I, sh- um, <laughs> I showed uh, Rob this picture. It's like an equation. It says, it's a picture of a Roomba <laughs> plus poop emoji equals sad face emoji. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I'm, I'm happy... Well, I wish my dogs could come to lab because my dogs are amazing. 
but I'm kind of happy that they're not in the Mars yard because I'm just picturing what would happen if the rover drove through dog poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was like I loved the Mar- like, in the in the Mars yard. So, um, I in fact I I took pictures. I want to I, t- I showed my wife. I want to like decorate the side of our yard to look like it. The but Mars you guys, yard. <laughs> yeah, I love to. You guys have these like. Uh, I've seen it in the pictures, so I know what you're trying to replicate. It's like on Mars, there's these broken hard. Uh, tile oh, the, yeah, fractured, fractured bedrock yeah. yeah so but what was great is that you guys have a, you have a fractured bedrock area but it's seriously it's just like it looks like flagstone from home depot or something um, all put together fun fact yeah it is <laughs> awesome I wrote, so i got really excited because i, I showed her i was like dude we could make uh i called my wife dude uh we, <laughs> we could make like a mars yard <laughs> like on the side with because we always want a little walkway so <laughs> so in the the terrain specification document which is we we've defined what terrain we're designing to so in that document that defines the terrain we drive on we have fractured bedrock with the simulation being Arizona Rosa patio pavers. I'm writing that down. Yes, Arizona Rosa. (laughs) That has the right color and the right spec. Yeah. Man, I should get a should get some advertising points for this. Well, it's it's not like one more time. Arizona Rosa. Rosa. R O S A. Yeah. Patio pavers. That that is our fractured bedrock simulant. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. The sand though. I don't know who picked out this sand. It they spent the geologists and the mechan- and the terra mechanics guys. They spent a lot of time like agonizing over what is the good Mars sand simulant. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the hardest problems, right? Well, to yeah. figure out so, what the dust is level is and all that stuff. Yeah. So when you're designing tires, you have to design it so it survives driving on bedrock, right? And mm-hmm. and not just bedrock, but like like picture. Picture a razor blade cemented into concrete, yeah. and that's what we're driving up. That's right. You guys, uh, you told me that, like, where the tires were damaged, it was sharp. You yeah, described so, it as sharp. Like so it was... on on Mars, we don't you, you don't get a lot of water erosion, so you tend to get wind erosion, which is called vent. What is it? A wind eroded rock is called a ventifact, mm-hmm. and they end up being really sharp. And the only place you get uh, and beautiful too. Yeah. By the way. I mean, I've seen pictures from Curiosity where yeah, you see like these structures. I already said this on another episode, but I'm gonna say it again. So because it's just really, it shows you it's another planet. I love it when I see a picture. I'm like, yep, that's not Earth. But the, you know, there's this stratification layers that mm-hmm. you see all over. Oh yeah, there's this one beautiful one where. Um, you know, this is stuff you see in Utah and stuff, but the the thinness of the layers that were still standing was yeah. unbelievable. It's like that would never last on Earth Ever. for a second. Yeah. It's like an insect would land on it, or it a raindrop yeah. would break it. And and that like, I love that just because it's like okay, yeah, I believe you. That's not uh, that's not in a studio in Burbank. Yeah, and <laughs> and so some of the places you get ventifacts on Earth is like Antarctica, where there's no water erosion. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find Ventifax in Antarctica and believe it or not, p- parts of Death Valley and like Owens Lake, they're also Ventifax, but they're really pointy rocks. So you design your tires to survive the pointy rocks. So durability, you know, has got to be on rocks and then your traction you design for sand, right? So you uh-huh. design your track, your tractive properties to handle sand and the, the sand that, we ended up using is like number 90 silica like some crazy small grain sand and what we do is we start with big rocks you start with big rocks and you mill it down into little rocks until you get to sand and the problem is you wet mill it so you add water when you're making sand oh and then you can never get it out right or so then what we have to do is take dump trucks of sand into a kiln and we kiln dry the sand mm-hmm so we get super dry sand. And and one problem is uh, when you mill it, you're increasing the surface area, and water likes to stick to surface yeah, area. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it makes it really hard. The finer it is, it takes longer and longer to get out. Yeah, so we, we bring in, like, I don't know, 100 tons of sand, and we first mill it to a certain spec and then dry it in a kiln, and then we bring it to Mars Yard, and we, we can't do this. Um, we have to start in, like, the summer. So we start in, like, April after the rains. And then we bring in dump trucks of sand, and we build our sand slope and a sand pit, and we drive in the sand. Okay, this is funny. And- I was joking about this looking like just Southern California area, but what's funny is 
It literally is. Yeah. is. <laughs> it like, is. Yeah. Like this is the reason why Hollywood is in Southern California is because it doesn't rain and you have the same thing. It's hilarious that it's like, yeah, you can't have it rain when you're simulating Mars. You, if you were at any other lab, you'd have to like be indoors or something. Which, yeah. Which you guys do have an indoor one, but yeah, but it's really small. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's cool that you can go outside. You don't like being outside because it's too sunny, or no, I love being outside. Except for I'm a ginger, so like I burn under a full moon. <laughs> so Southern California is not conducive to my skin type. <laughs> uh, like a, yeah, like but, our <clears throat> previous uh, co-host Griff Griff Pippen is also oh yeah ginger yeah. But um, yeah, the sand is it's so dry and it's so slippery. But like when we're testing how to drive up a sand hill like a sand dune. Mm-hmm. We we try and make a slope angle like twelve point two degrees, and we're off by like point one degree mm-hmm. or something like that. And we carry five gallon buckets of sand up this sand hill, and we pour it at the top. <laughs> and so you're literally heart hauling buckets of sand up and down this hill, and it's so slippery you go down like three quarters of a step for every <laughs> step you take. And this five gallon bucket of sand weighs like fifty pounds. Anyway, and we're doing it in the summer when it's dry, uh-huh. and it's also 110 degrees. So interns can uh, <laughs> register to work at JPL. To, <laughs> sounds like so, an advertisement. Yeah, for, yeah. So, so that sounds like grad student work. <laughs> um, from what I remember. Oh, who's the guy who did the Antarctic ex- exploration? Shackleton? Mm-hmm. So you, you heard the famous newspaper ad that Shackleton put out? No, I haven't. It's like, what is, what is oh, this? man, hold on. The text of this is hilarious. Here we go. This is the Shackleton newspaper ad. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. <laughs> Ernest Shackleton for Burlington Street. So <laughs> That's awesome. when we're doing the sand slope climbing test last uh-huh. summer, I sent out this like email to like the whole Mars 2020 project, which is like a thousand people. And it's like, it's like help wanted. Mars yard or like Mars yard hours of backbreaking la- labor <laughs> hot sun you know lots of like dirty work strong backs wanted inquire and like like I list my cubicle or something <laughs> um so like I emulated Shackleton's ad and you know a fun fun story I'm sure there's a big difference I hope you didn't start with with men oh yeah it starts yeah, with yeah. men people you, yeah. I started with people, people. yeah yeah That's and um you know, I'm like, and like, bring your own charge number. <laughs> <laughs> What's a charge number? A charge number is like a cost account. Oh, like, okay. Because we, okay. we just wanted people, but we didn't have money to pay them. Yeah. Oh, that's so, right. You guys have a charge. You, when, um, I, when I took a tour of the, um, the, your machining room, uh, your, your machine shop, which is awesome, by yeah. the way. It's like the coolest machine shop ever. Um, you guys have these cool uh, vending machines yeah. for the machinists because because nobody because each machine isn't doing it's doing different projects yeah so you can't you can't put wear and tear on on particular parts unless it goes to an account so when you need a drill bit you go to the drill bit vending yeah. machine and you plug in like the the cost account for the, the job just, you're doing like and this, it gives you a drill bit yeah it's yeah. so awesome God, yeah. I want one of those in my room or so my house. so we're basically like come work. Get dirty in the Mars yard under the hot sun. Work your ass off, you know. Throw out your back, and we're not going to pay you, so you got to bring your own charge number. <laughs> and you know what? It worked. Yeah, right? I got like four people to come help us out. That's awesome. It's great. Of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing that. Like, I'm going to do that for setting up my Mars yard on the side. Well, I'm That's betting. I'm, I'm betting you have like Twitter followers that'll come help you out. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, around the world, I don't know. <laughs> you hey, know, man. a better way they could help me out is uh, donate to my Patreon to support this show, which is at uh, www.patreon.com/syj. For sure, you're joking. That's patreon.com/syj. Got to bed that in there. <laughs> Good job. Got to pay the bills. This yeah. stuff is not cheap. No. No. I'm I mean, it's, jealous of your recording setup. I love this thing. Yeah. I have a Zoom. I really like it. Um, you know, you can control this over Wi-Fi. Sometimes my, uh, my producer, Ryan Butcher, he'll he'll actually control it like on his phone or tablet. It's really awesome. I thought my Wi-Fi sprinkler controller was super cool, but that's, <laughs> that's pretty wild. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, oh, okay. I, I have another story I got to ask you about. Yeah. And I'm not sure you're la- how much you're allowed to, t- to tell about this one, but can you well, tell it's us? about aliens. I just can't tell you a lot. Yeah. Isn't that weird that that yeah. happens? You're like not allowed to talk about aliens, right? Or you're... Well, you know. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you there's life on Mars. Oh. 
Yeah, we brought it. Oh yeah, that's right. And then Panspermia. Elon, uh, yeah, and then Elon was like, "Screw that! I'm dumping everything on." No, I think he's okay. Um, oh, this is an interesting fact. What's your story? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Fact, I'll get story. back to the other. <laughs> okay. Fun fact. Side note: I do a lot of side notes. That's how you got to keep the thing going. You know, I, div- I, I segue into segues. Um, the uh, when when Elon Musk's Falcon went up with the car, the Tesla, a lot of people noticed that there's these things flying off, and I had a lot of people ask me what that was because they kind of look like stars, but you can tell they're not stars because they're going in all different directions. And uh, the, these these things are just uh, little. So I wanted to tell people what it was they're just little pieces of ice or dust. And um, when something's out in space, it's very, very cold on one side. It's very, very hot on the other. And uh, it's also a vacuum. And so when you have that combination, you get something called outgassing, which I'm sure you guys know all about because you have to design everything for outgassing. Um, Now, normally when NASA does it, you only see a couple of these specs because, I mean, you'll see them in any video. If you watch any kind of like, uh, you know, uh, spacewalk or they're on the ISS, you'll see these little particles come off because it's just a natural part of... Anytime you have dust and ice and the sun and a vacuum, these things fly off. And once they fly off, you know, they're very bright because the sun's shining on them and they go in a straight line because it's space. Uh, with Elon Musk's Tesla, you know, yeah, the they car didn't, they didn't is wipe not, that down. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they cleaned it a lot, actually. There's probably a lot like, of Southern California road grit that's right. now <laughs> on a Trans-Mars trajectory. Right, right. <laughs> and that was what was freaking me out. Talking about span, pan, uh, panspermia, um, I mean, this is literally spraying. This has got to be spraying yeah. life in all directions, spraying particles in all directions. Um, this is one thing that makes me a little nervous about the uh, the commercial space races. The planetary protection isn't necessarily going to be there. As much. Right, right. But it's not surprising right. that a Tesla can't control outgassing because no one ever designed a car to be, you know, to work in space. It's the other way around. I'm not sure but, if it's outgassing or if it's more just like crap coming off of it i was out gas yeah. is like a it's actually that's a very specific term of like material boiling off your your spacecraft mm. you know well the, the outgassing can uh launch the particles is, oh yeah, uh, yeah yeah okay so, so it's like you have a particle or ice i guess the dashboard gets, is gonna outgas a lot you yeah, know your new uh, your new car smell that's out, <laughs> right, that's, that's outgassing plastic. Yeah. yeah. So even though I don't work in space, uh, we work in vacuums. So we have outgassing in the other direction, where we outgassing tends to ruin our vacuums. And so, oh, yeah. So we have to just keep a list of material, like anything that holds water, will outgas for days. Yeah. Anything this plastic tends to be kind of bad unless it's a certain kind. I mean, What's funny is we end up using the exact same materials you use, but for different reasons. Because you're trying to keep the thing working in a vacuum. We're trying to keep the vacuum from you're being You're trying spoiled. to keep the vacuum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so actually, right when we get into space, on most spacecraft, we enter this phase called bake-out, where mm-hmm. we turn on all these heaters and we heat up like key parts of the spacecraft and we boil off all the volatiles that are in there. Mm-hmm. Which like, Musk's car could not also do, but it happens naturally yeah. because this thing's spinning. It just takes a long time yeah, to happen they, naturally. Yeah. They have it spinning, but so it's it's like incredibly cold on one side, you know, radiating out to the, the space whenever it turns. And then once it faces the sun, you know, it's like hundreds of degrees. Did did you ever hear about the constellation Orion? No. <laughs> So the, Sounds made yeah, up. so the Apollo astronauts they would do they had uh, an activity they called that was the urine dump. So they would oh. they would pee right, <laughs> oh. and and would go into this like into the pee chamber, and then uh. they would open the pee chamber to vacuum, and it would just vent it out the side. Uh-huh. So if you did that on the dark side of the spacecraft, it would instantly freeze, and you get all these pee crystals. And then once that would get into the sunlight, the pee crystals would instantly like sublimate, uh-huh. and would create all these sparkly bits. And they said it was the most beautiful thing they ever saw, <laughs> and they called it the constellation. Orion, but NASA forbade them from taking a picture of their pea constellation. Oh no! Oh damn! Yeah. So this is for science, people. For Come science, on. we need to watch the like the pea sublimate. <laughs> okay, so maybe Elon isn't the one who brought life to <laughs> but Mars. But that was that was not on a trans Mars trajectory. That was uh, yeah. exclusively when the within the Earth's sphere of influence. Right. Right. <laughs> now these particles probably will collide with. Uh, you know, a good fraction of Mars will travel through them at some point in the future. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Sorry, he did Mars. it as a threat. He's like, okay, we got to get there now. Just 
the clock's ticking. <laughs> um, okay, little. sorry. Back all the way. <laughs> oh my god! Back, all the way back, back to the original in. question. Uh, the infamous uh, Morse code problem. Are you allowed to talk about that one? <laughs> so I'm not sure if everyone notices, but on the tires for curiosity is a series of holes, and those holes we call the visual odometry pattern and the idea is if you're I'd driving you, how you could just make anything sound like it's a good idea by <laughs> just turning it into <laughs> okay so the idea is if you're driving in featureless terrain e.g. like sand you can turn around like turn your camera around and take a picture of your tread your TLAs track. by the way that's a TLA yeah three letter acronym yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you can turn around and take a picture of your track and if you have a unique feature in your track you can count the number of unique features and figure out how far you've driven you do odometry by like saying I have rotated my tire X number of times or you can say I, I left a stamp mark and you take a picture like separated by a meter of so let's say commanded distance and you look at how far that track that mark has moved in three dimensional space and you can figure out how far you've driven based on imagery as opposed to like how far your wheels have turned and if you're slipping the odometry you've commanded from your tire is not necessarily the odometry you're making on the surface of the planet right because you're you're skidding right you're basically just drifting along mars it's like the slow and furious of Mar martian edition uh, <laughs> slow and furious that's good yeah that's that's the way it rolls but so the idea is um if you put a unique feature in the tread did you do you practice these you know a lot was, of zingers in there that's good that's good perfect <laughs> no that was that was totally off the cuff that's the way that's um, the way it rolls yeah uh-huh so the the wheel designers the tire designers for curiosity they went to the operators for spirit and opportunity and they said hey you know any lessons learned that we can incorporate into our design and so spirit and opportunity they landed on the airbags and they were bolted to one of the to the the lander right and where that rover was bolted down they had to reinforce the tire and so they had they called them the hold down cleats which is an area of the tread that was reinforced for where it was bolted to the lander mm -hmm. and so every time they drove they stamped that cleat mark every wheel circumference. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to use that cleat mark to do their odometry, their visual odometry. Um, so they said, hey, put a unique feature in your tread to do visual odometry. And they said, hey, grand idea. And the requirement was unique feature in the tread. There was no requirement on what that had to be. Mm -hmm. So they said, huh, scratch our noodles. What should we put in the tread? I know, let's write JPL. <laughs> so every time we, we do a wheel, every time we turn the wheel, we stamp JPL on the surface of Mars. Grand idea. Everyone <laughs> at JPL thought that was the greatest thing ever until NASA headquarters was involved in the preliminary design review. And they said, you want to do what? Where? You want to stamp your name on the surface of Mars how many thousands of times? No. So they sent them back to the drawing board, and they came up with this whole pattern, which spells JPL and Morse code. <laughs> awesome. Only, I don't think they told NASA what it meant until after launch. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, so they got a little peeved. <laughs> anyway, fun story, greatest interplanetary okay. Easter egg ever, Yeah, and it's actually detrimental. Yeah, but so, it was one of the, it's one of the places that ended up breaking, right? <laughs> well, actually, no, it's actually the strongest bit. Oh. So 180 degrees opposed to the, the, the VO pattern, the Morse code, is actually where you get the most fatigue. So the, the Morse code pattern is actually stronger than the rest of the tire. So 180 degrees opposite is where you get the most flexion. So the, all the cracks initiate 180 degrees opposed to that uh, whole pattern, and then they propagate circumferentially around from there. So it creates a uh, circumferentially asymmetric strength. Which That's leads another to good some... TLA, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could say that. One. I can't even repeat that one. I don't even know. Wait, circumference. <laughs> C A C A S. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I I didn't acronymify that one yet. <laughs> so so that actually creates makes the tire a little weaker. So mm -hmm. we don't want it because it it weakens the tire. And the other thing is is it increases sinkage. So one of the thing that the rover drivers are really worried about is. Um, is actually sinkage, but we can't measure how far the rover has sank. We can measure how far, how much we're slipping. So we use slip as a proxy for sinkage, but in testing, in single wheel testing here on Earth, we, we basically put the Curiosity tire with the VO pattern, with the holes, and without the holes. And I like all those S words. You like sinkage, slippage. Yeah, sinkage, slippage. Do you, do you yeah. know every mattress company starts with an S? 
Oh, I did not yeah, know it's that. So it, I'm, I'm going to break your brain. Oh, my God. Next time you watch any mattress ad, you're just going to be like, why do they all start with S? Serta, Celia. But no, the new one, the internet one. What They're is it? Fail. Casper? Casper's going to fail. I'm calling oh, it. Oh, is that? You're that, calling I it? Think it's, yeah, I think okay. it's actual marketing evolution. You we're... heard it here. <laughs> surely you're joking. All right. Do not put stock. Don't put money into Casper. <laughs> they better it's doomed not be to fail from the beginning. podcast. <laughs> Because they sponsor a lot of other podcasts. Oh, oops. <laughs> You're screwed. Right. There goes your funding source. Right. <laughs> I'll just pronounce it Scasper that yeah. make yeah, the money. Edit, edit like, we don't know out. what it is, but you're selling like crazy on your podcast. <laughs> Won't even tell them why. <laughs> yeah, so so we're we're getting rid of oh yeah. So we don't have the Morse code pattern on 2020. Because now they're like, all right. It's actually bad. Yeah. And um so we found two reasons why it's bad increased sinkage and reduced strength and then we said well do we really need it and so we're running our visual odometry the software at four at on imagery that's four times the angular resolution and at a greater uh frequency and we're not going to be driving in sand which is stereotypically the featureless terrain so we said hey we probably won't need it and it causes a lot of problems mechanically, so let's just get rid of it. So I feel like I'm the Mike Brown of interplanetary <laughs> Easter eggs in that, like, I've removed the greatest, like, inside joke uh-huh. in the solar system. <laughs> like, Mike Brown is the guy who demoted Pluto from being a planet. Yeah, and yep, I, like, yep. So my name is on the engineering change request, the ECR. Yeah, but you know what Mike Brown also co-authored? He discovered the other ninth planet, not planet nine. So oh, I, yeah, don't, I don't know if you, Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no, it's planet nine. They oh, call it now. It, yeah. Although now uh, it's it hasn't been found yet, but they predicted that it's there. Um, well, I Constantine mean, Pluto, and, and Pluto was Brown. predicted it was there before it was ever discovered. Mm-hmm. But this other planet nine is is big. It's yeah, it's, it's bigger than Pluto. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I think it's supposed to be like Neptune size. We've Neptune had, sized? Yeah. Well, we, when you get to the episode with Constantine, we've had him on a lot of times. He's awesome. He's like a uh, like a rock star, and um, yeah, and he discovered a planet, and he's like in his twenties and a professor at Caltech. Oh I'm not God. jealous. <laughs> I'm maybe jealous. Not, That's not crazy. gonna lie. I'm only on like episode four of your of oh, listening okay. to your podcast. All right, I'm well, you can gonna, skip ahead. That's fine. yeah. I'm probably gonna binge listen to the whole thing soon. <laughs> They're running car trips. <laughs> oh yeah. For me, it's great um, gardening and, oh man, I have to do a lot of, yeah, fun fact, I'm doing a lot of home repair and I just am installing new closet hardware in my closet and I drilled right through an electrical wire. Oh, yeah. brutal. That's the worst. Romex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it just tripped the breaker. I didn't get electrocuted and there was no electrical fire. So I'm pretty happy about the that. The system works. Yeah. The system yeah. works, The people. safeties work. So... I had to cut open my whole wall, and now I have like a whole wall covered in spackle. Mm. Oh, I, I know that. Sand. We had a... so I, I'll listen po- listen to podcasts while I sand. Ah, good idea. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. My big problem is so I say this a lot, but I don't actually really listen to podcasts that much, which is really weird that I started doing a podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, it's just... like being a car designer and not driving, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't sound impossible. I don't know. Uh, the robot does it. I don't know. Hey, driverless cars, right? <laughs> okay, so you guys aren't forbidden from telling that story. That's good about the, no, the Morse no. code. I mean, that's all, right. all over the all over the internet. Yeah, there's no there's no avoiding it. Now. Yeah, but the the fact that we are not we we don't have that same pattern in the new tires. That's um, that's not new news, but it's not well advertised news. Yeah, I don't think you told <laughs> us that even when we were there on tour. Actually, hey. it might have been still. I don't remember now. Well, uh, Richard, it was really great having you on the show. Yeah, this is really interesting stories. Really fun. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna try and post. I'm gonna take some more photos of that. Heck, post keep those. Do, uh, is there any way? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh my God, you get yes. a gift. Oh, I'm gonna put it on my my wall in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. Oh, thank you very and much. And they're they're to the same scale. So that's the Curiosity's tire is the big one or uh-huh. the the wide one, and 2020's tire is the narrow oh, narrow that's one. That's awesome. And these are 3D printed. It looks like SLA. I don't printed. know. It's um, the your stereotypical 3D printer with the laser was, thing. Well, we it was the one that was. We've got this one, this mod uh, mod T, which is a FMA one. I think this one's with oh. the laser. Oh, sorry. You probably know more than me. <laughs> um, it was yeah. the one sitting next to the secretary's in a, desk. <laughs> in a former life, I worked on 3D printers. Oh, so. cool. 
um anyway thank you for being on the show no this is great fun uh do you do you want to plug anything or can people ask you questions online do you have a twitter account or something uh, like that i have a twitter account i don't know what my name is though on it. okay all right i basically well, set fine. it up so i could yell at lax when it was like currently closed <laughs> really? um do they respond no it they doesn't did not. seem like <laughs> it just <laughs> doesn't seem like that would work i don't know um okay anywhere you can as always i'm on can, facebook you can oh. find me there or um mars.nasa.gov slash mars 2020 is our website mm-hmm. we'll be posting stuff there soon uh and i'm i've been talking to the media people lately at jpl so we're probably going to have some plugs for uh mobility and auto nav and new tires and the like coming awesome. up soon awesome so in the next couple of months we'll have stuff about that and um yeah mars 2020 we're going to be uh we're going to be just bebopping across mars mm-hmm. it's uh it's amazing it's a race well, because I must says he's going to go there by 2022, which I, I sorry, 2020 also, which I am really skeptical of. Oh. Yeah, I'm calling <laughs> but, BS on that one. Know, yeah, uh, but people are buying it online. They're, they're like, yeah, of course he launched a big ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can people, people, if people are buying that online, you know what else they bought online? What? The Cards Against Humanity's Christmas box of bullshit. <laughs> 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 do, you, do you hear about that yeah, uh yeah but you can go ahead and remind me yeah is. cards against humanity they said we will sell you a box of bullshit uh-huh. uh, like, and it was they, literally bullshit and it literally was a box <laughs> with like dried cow feces in it that's the worst thing and i've people, heard since roombas and dog it. poop <laughs> <laughs> like so you can buy anything online these days even even a even a uh a trip to Mars in 2020. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I've been uh, this is Kevin Hickerson. You can follow me on Twitter. KP Hickerson. Ask me questions and I'll answer them on the show. Uh, and even better, I'll uh, if you want, I'll call your name out. If you donate on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash SYJ. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, Great. Rob, thanks. Thanks.